You're listening to episode 133 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here and today I'm bringing you my very own coach because she has become a very important person in my life, a very integral part of my healing journey as well. And I'm really excited to introduce you to her. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking to Emma Tate. Emma is a writer, a transformational coach, and mindfulness teacher based in the Kootenay Mountains of British Columbia in Canada. Emma's work is to empower others and to liberate themselves so that they can live honest, unapologetic existences. And she believes that the way back to ourselves is is through mastering our emotional, physical, and spiritual wisdom and encompassing the courage to show up and to be seen. Emma is a really powerful being, and I connected with her by going through uh, Kylie McBeath of Being is Beautiful on Instagram. For anyone who isn't aware, I will reference all of that in the show notes. And I connected with Emma because after uh, the infidelity that had gone on in my relationship, you can reference episode 117 for all the details about that, uh, I knew that I was going to need a lot of help healing. And... We can be really good at helping other people change their own mindsets, but not so great at it when it comes to ourselves, especially after any type of significant traumatic experience. And I knew that I was going to need extra support if I was going to be able to continue to heal and move forward with my life with as much gratitude, joy, and ease as possible. And I was seeing a therapist all this year. And then when I left uh, Canada, I wanted to make sure that I had something else in place to kind of tide me over. There there were ways to do therapy as well, but I I felt like maybe coaching going with the therapy could be a really beautiful way to sort of bring everything together. So enter Emma. And Emma has absolutely changed the way I view myself. And she's become that little voice in the back of my head that challenges me to completely reframe the stories that I can get caught in, along with pulling me back into the present if I start to get ahead of myself. And, And giving me permission to be happy too. That sounds weird, but I was stuck in such deep pain for what felt like so long that when I actually found myself in this incredible state of happiness relatively soon after arriving in Bali, I no longer trusted my own emotions and didn't believe it was possible to even be that happy. And she taught me and continues to teach me how to trust my intuition in new and exciting ways and really recognizing the ease that can come with letting go and and leaning into this idea that sometimes life is hard at work for bigger and better things for us as well. We cover a lot in this episode. It's a really, really special episode. We talk about the stories that we create and attach to in our lives and the meaning that we attach to them, uh, stepping out of the chaos and getting into our lives instead, not getting lost in the self-improvement work, which for anyone who has done a huge amount of personal development, that can start to be easy to do sometimes. 
the importance of unstructured time, which is so powerful for all of us. This concept of pimping out your pain, we really get into as well. And the idea of whether or not it's okay to leverage your most painful experiences onto a larger platform. I've really struggled with that one a lot. So we're going to really dig into that. Uh, and the concept of the fertile void when going through a massive life change or anything deeply emotional, why it can be especially disorienting as an entrepreneur as well. And throughout this entire interview, Emma continues to underscore the fact that it's allowed to be easy. And often we make things so much harder than they need to be. And we do it to ourselves. She just has an immense amount of wisdom that I think is going to absolutely shift how you view yourself and how you're showing up for yourself as well. Let's get into this. I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank you for having me, Emily. I am so stoked to dive into this conversation. Oh my so gosh. <laughs> we have so much to cover. We were chatting before we jumped on and we added a bunch more things that we wanted to talk about. And this is just going to be an amazing episode. It was one of those times where I'm like, no, wait, stop. I need to hit record so that we don't miss any of this. <laughs> I know even just thinking about it, my thoughts start rambling and it just starts going. So we'll see where we get to. We'll see what comes up. I'm excited for this. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like who are you and a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So the short, shortish version of that is that I am a, a writer, a yoga teacher, a coach, and um, an entrepreneur. And I work with people one-on-one -on -one to help them really just feel empowered to move through their life with more courage and more truth and in a way that they can really understand where they've come from, who they are, what they've been through, and um, have a lot of clarity and alignment to move forwards towards the goals that they want to achieve in their life. Um, I call it learning how to move through life as a whole person, so gathering all the parts of us up that we've maybe forgotten or stuffed down or left behind and bringing them all to the surface, gathering all of our strengths, understanding all of our hurts and um, using those so that we can really just show up in our lives in a way that feels honest and um, in alignment and, and just generally good. What a beautiful explanation for what you do. <laughs> Truly, that is, I think that's one of the, the loveliest explanations I've ever heard anyone give about explaining what they do for a living. That's amazing. And oh, thank you. It is. It really <laughs> is. And you are my coach, um, which is how we connected originally because I went through Kylie McBeef of uh, Being is Beautiful on Instagram. For anyone who wants to go check her out, I'll make sure to reference her in the show notes. And she connected me with you because uh, you work very closely with, with her and with Mark Groves. And I have just absolutely fallen in love with working with you. I get so excited every time we talk. Every time an email even comes in from you, I'm like, oh, I get to talk to Emma today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I originally came to you uh, with some of the issues that I was dealing with with my relationship history, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I, I'll reference it in the show notes about the nine years of infidelity that was going on in my relationship. And when I ended that relationship, I knew that I had a lot to work through. So I came to you and we've been working through a lot of different things. And some of the concepts that you've introduced to me have just completely shifted my entire way of thinking. And it's been incredibly powerful. And one of the biggest things that I've, I've noticed has come from you is really helping to reframe 
stories. And you and I were talking before we jumped on about like the stories that we attach to and the meaning that we attach to them. I'd love for you to explain a little bit more about what comes up for you when you're, when you're thinking about that and when you're working with people closely around that. Yeah. So there's so much to say about this. Um, what I find so interesting and so beautiful is that one of the, one of the kind of terms that I first grabbed onto around this was, um, the term you are not your story and you hear that a lot and it's it's meant to be an empowering term to help people you know realize that they're not defined by the experiences that they've had in their life like they're not limited by them but then at the same time i'm actually a really strong believer in that we are our story so the experiences that we have they become they make a home in ourselves in our spirit in our hearts they become who we are and at the same time, they don't have to limit us and they don't have to be our ceiling. But the way that we attach meaning to our stories, the way that we attach identity to our stories, that's something that we can control and it can very much hinder us or it can very much support us in moving, moving forward. So I see a lot in the, in the self-help and the self-development world. We, it's such a blessing that we have all these tools to now gain all this understanding about who we are and how we move through the world, how we've learned to be loved and included and accepted and, you know, things we've picked up along the way. So we start to, we start to build all these chapter, chapters of our story, but then what can happen is if we attach a ton of meaning to those, we can lose our power and we can lose our choice. And when what that does is that, that starts to, it can be almost a crutch where we say, well, you know, I'm a person who, um, you know, has a history of being left or has a history of being lied to or a history of being cheated on or I've always had trouble with men or I've always had trouble with this type of woman. And, and, and that can really just take away our ability to make clear choices in the moment. It can say, well, you know, this is just who I am and this is what happens to me, therefore I'm always going to struggle with it. And what I think is yeah, of course you're always going to struggle with it because you, ha you haven't actually let it go yet. You do all this learning and all this self-discovery and all this quote-unquote healing work, but if you are still walking through life holding this story in your heart of who you are and what happened to you and how that has hurt you and how that has impacted and infiltrated the way that you relate to people and communicate with people, then, then you aren't going to ever be able to get over it because you're always going to be living life through that lens. And so what I do, you know, with reframing is thinking, well, okay, what, what actually am I gaining by holding on to this story? And sometimes we gain things that are empowering. Sometimes we gain things that are disempowering and, and that can be a, like a habit that we get into. And we can talk about that more, a little bit more later. But then I also say, well, what am I, or I ask people, what happens? What is the risk of letting go of this story? Because even when stories are painful, there's always a there was always something to be gained by holding on to them, which means there's something scary in the letting go and and the reframing. Because oh, that that means my story's not my excuse anymore, and I actually have to show up in a different way and really make super empowered choices and really take full 100% responsibility for my my lane and my soul's work in this world and, and what I'm here kind of in this 
in this life to do and I can't blame it. Not blame, but I can't assign that to anything external to myself. That's what kind of taking full responsibility means. And, and that's where I work with the reframes, um, if that makes sense. That's so good. And, and something else that you really have drilled into me to the point where I, I think of, of you and this concept often now, like at least once a day, at least, <laughs> is stepping out of the chaos as well. And that was one of the, the things that you sort of introduced to me in relation to reframing certain stories. And it, you also talked about like intellectualizing our pain too, which I can very much get stuck into because sometimes I think that we hit this point in the, the personal development world, if that's something that, that you're doing a huge amount of, that you can, you can sort of intellectualize it and then you don't necessarily work, work past it the same way that somebody else would. You, you're kind of working through it, but you're, stay, you're staying stuck in the through part and you're not actually making it to the other end <laughs> somehow, if that yeah, makes sense. <laughs> totally. Oh yeah, because you're energetically, you're just holding that in, you're keeping it in yourselves by just constantly intellectualizing it and not allowing it to, to move through and release, which is what all energy and emotion and experience wants to do is, is move through. Yes, yeah, and then the, the chaos part, what does that, what does stepping out of the chaos really look like for you when you explain it to someone or, or when someone comes to you with a particular situation, when is it that you are sort of like, you're recognizing that for what it is. And then that's when you're explaining it that way. Like, okay, you're in the chaos right now. Like, how do you step out of the chaos? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's so different for everybody, but one of the things I look for is when, when something, you know, really intense or really traumatic has happened or there's a some event that someone's trying to move through or heal from and so much of the of how they approach the healing is I want to understand what happened I want to understand what that person's role was and why they did what they did and and why this happened and why that happened and, and I want to you know tease it apart and investigate and figure out all the whys and what led up to this and how could this have happened and that's helpful to a point until it becomes something that we're always fixating on. And the way that I kind of think about it and listen when I'm listening to people's stories, what I'm listening for is essentially when they're thinking and when they're spending too much time outside of the lane of their own experience. So, oh, they did this, so that must mean, mean that about them and, and that must mean that about me. And and then I, and you see it a lot and it, sometimes it comes through really subtly, sometimes it comes through really clearly, just an overall kind of fixation on the external parts of the story. And the key thing here is external parts of the story that are actually out of that person's control, that actually have nothing to do with that person, um, you know, or the individual or, or ourselves, but it's, it's occupying a space in our mind. And sometimes when when you're new to this work or when, when trauma has kind of swept, you know, everything out from underneath you, that's a, that's a coping mechanism that makes sense because it's something that we can grasp onto, like intellectually provides a sense, provides something to hold onto in, in chaos. And 
but then what it does is it really prevents us from looking inward and starting to take full responsibility and moving forwards in our lives. And what I always say is, well, what's more important to you? Like how much more energy are you going to give this past situation? Um, and how much more time are you going to spend on it? Because the more time you spend thinking about these other people or this, this past situation, the less time you're out there living your life and actually allowing the experience to move through you. And um, that's something that can be really confronting for people and really scary. And that's why coaching is such a good space to explore that because it's super safe and supportive. But it's really scary to let go of, of the chaos and the, and the noise and look at the ways that we, we can fully step into responsibility, even if that means recognizing things that we did that we maybe feel a little bit of shame about or guilt about or times when we weren't 100% honest with ourselves or aligned because um, you know, it's easier to, to look at the externals than it is to look at the internal. That's, I mean, that's why so much of the world is the way that it is today is because inside is a, is a deep, deep, scary place if you've never been there before. Well, and how do we sort of trust ourselves to step out of the noise? Because a lot of this ends up coming down to gut, gut instinct and, and listening to your intuition. And as much as I would love for you to be right next to me all the time, <laughs> it's simply not possible, unfortunately. So what a lot of what you do is teach people how to listen to themselves and, and to, to empower them to do that for themselves when, when you aren't you know, right there to pointed out to them, like, this is the road that you're going down. So how do you kind of teach people to tune into that? Mm, yeah. So a big part of it is, first of all, to have compassion and understanding for ourselves, meaning we are all imperfect people, you know, no, there's no end to this road of like self-discovery. That's, that's one of the myths, I think, in the sale of self-help stuff is that we're suddenly going to get to the end of some road and we're going to like stop being triggered or something and stuff is going to stop being hard or confronting or um, we're going to stop wanting to binge on Netflix or any of these things. So, so that's the one thing I say, look, you're, the way to trust yourself is, first of all, to take the actions even sometimes before you have the trust. Having self-trust is not, is not a precursor for action. It's actually something that's symbiotic and it's built through actions that show you that you will be there for yourself no matter what happens, which means, yeah, when you mess up, when you spend the day or the week in your pajamas or um, you know, do something that's, that feels out of alignment or any of that stuff, the trust is built through the ability to say, yeah, I didn't show up today and that's okay. And I love myself anyway. And I know that I was doing the best that I could. And um, so it's a real slow thing. And it's also, it's like learning to, learning to trust in life, quote unquote. And that's something that people ask me all the time. Like, how can I just trust in life that life is going to catch me and that things are going to work out? And I always say, you don't, you don't know that things are going to work out. That's a lie that we tell ourselves. That's kind of like a spiritual bypassy thing. Um, which is not totally true. Things always work out, just not always the way we want them to. They work out the way that they work out. And that's something we have to detach from a little bit, but it's not life you learn to trust in. It's, it's yourself and you learn to trust in yourself through gently and compassionately and also fiercely showing up for yourself every single day and saying, 
yeah, I love myself even though I love myself and here's what I'm going to do today. Here's how I'm going to forgive myself. And that's, that's a huge first piece. And I'm, the second piece is I'm not going to expect perfection from myself or from anyone. Um, Cause that's a losing battle. It's absolutely a losing battle. Yeah. We, and, and I think that all of us have, have learned that lesson, but we have to continue to learn that lesson over and over and over and over again, probably for life in order to really drill that down. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, and then it's in those moments or after those times when we've done something that makes us feel like, Oh my gosh, am I back to square one? Like I've been doing this work for so long. How am I still here? Um, it's through those moments that we, you know, take stock and, you know, you asked how, what are some of the ways that we can start learning this in ourselves? I start to look at, okay, what, what else is going on in your life right now? Let's take a look at some of the signals and some of the clues that things maybe weren't all hunky dory before this happened. Sometimes we think, oh, this came out of the blue, but it doesn't usually come 100% out of the blue. There's usually something. So for a lot of people, there's, it shows up in like sleep or, um, food habits or anxiety or even you know reliance on devices or caffeine or um constantly being socially stimulated there's all these other ways that the energy in our life kind of needs outlets and um when we start to look at the ways that we use that energy and the outlets that we turn to we can start to see okay there's actually a lot of triggers going on um, and there was actually a lot of evidence that things weren't, weren't super great and we just weren't looking in the right places. So what that does is that tells people, my body is always telling me, my life is always showing me, you know, where I'm a little bit out of alignment and where I might need to be bumped back or where I'm being invited to kind of be bumped back into alignment. And that's what starts to give people the empowerment because they then know there's always evidence in their life. We just, they just need to learn which questions to ask and where to look. Mm, that's really powerful. And I love that you brought up spiritual bypassing too. I mean, we could, we could talk for days mm -hmm. about spiritual bypassing alone, but yeah. one of the, one of the things that came up for me with, with that was I came to you at one point and I think more than once I came to you and was basically the, again, this is like one of the downsides of, of being so deep in personal development work is that I, I recognize things like spiritual bypassing, at least some of the time. I'm not going to pretend I, I recognize it all the time, but I recognize it sometimes in myself. And I was coming to you going, you know, am, am I, I almost feel happy, but I feel like maybe I'm just skipping over a lot of the pain. And at some point you had to sort of give me permission, like, no, you might actually just be happy. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you might actually not have you know a ton more work to do in that particular area and it was just really interesting to me that I had to sort of be given permission to accept that I might have actually worked through something to the extent that it needed to be worked through <laughs> yeah like it's actually okay to let to let stuff go yes and yeah. that was really powerful it's so interesting to me that it's like we, we need permission from somebody else sometimes to really point something out and drill something down. Like, no, you might have actually figured this out and it's okay to move forward. Yeah, that's huge. And that can be scary too. It is. A lot of people, 
No, I think, I think a lot of people, they, it's the permission piece. It's like you said, we just need someone to give us that permission because I actually, I always 100% believe and come to this work with the intention that everybody knows their own answers already. I'm not telling anybody anything that they didn't already know, but I may be shining a light on something that they never gave themselves permission to look at or to believe or to speak or to act on before. And yeah, a lot of the time that can look like, yeah, I actually, I am happy. I just am not giving myself permission to let this story or to let this pain go. And, and like I said before, the flip side of that is, well, why not? You know, did you learn that life has to be really hard? Is that the, the framework that you kind of have grown up within? Is there, what are you getting out of that? And then, and then on the flip side, well, what happens if you let go? Then what, then what do we do? Right. And that's actually, um, that's a really hard thing to admit, but for a lot of people, that's actually scarier than holding on to the pain is letting the pain go. That's one of the, the hardest questions that you ask me. And you ask me that question regularly about different things. And you, you will say to me, what happens if you let that go? And it always, it, it never fails to catch me off guard. I'm like, mm. oh shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. They could actually, and something else that you always remind me of that I think is really important for, for people to hear from you as well is, is it's allowed to be easy. You regularly remind me of that, whether it's about relationships or anything else, you know, that it doesn't have to be hard. It is actually allowed to be easy. And that sometimes that's when you know that something is right. But sometimes we, something will come easily and we're like, no, well, this can't be right because it's too easy. And then we try and write it off. And it's, it's just so interesting to me, the dichotomy of that. Oh yeah. That, that happens all the time. Like, especially I see this all the time with clients. They're like telling me these situations about these people that they're trying to date. And I'm like, okay, you're playing emotional chess after meeting this person one time. Um, you know, that's not necessarily evidence that that's the wrong person, but there's something going on energetically with you that is not coming at the situation with like, you know, maybe the most helpful uh, like energy. If you're then and you know, it could be, it couldn't be, it could be that it has nothing to do with the other person. It's just, that's our pattern. And that's our habit is to, to think about, okay, how do I get the upper hand? How do I get them to notice me? How do I, um, you know, not show who I am right away. And, and that's just a clear, clear sign to me that there's, there's some self-inquiry and there's some curiosity that we're really being invited into. And sometimes that's to do with the other person because they're actually just, you know, maybe a really triggering person who is in their own noise and their own chaos. And sometimes that's just 100% our responsibility to look at and be like, you know what, I'm just making a huge thing here energetically creating all of this smoke and noise and chaos and um, actually nothing's happened. There's nothing that I know about this person or this situation with absolute fact. And I've just completely occupied myself with it nonetheless. Um, and man, that just happens all the time. And I, I, it's not something that, again, it's not something you ever totally learn to stop doing, but it is something you can learn to catch yourself doing. And that was a really powerful shift for me as well when you kind of brought that to the surface. And um, there's, there's an episode that I did with Megan Bruneau, I'll make sure to reference it, about the breadcrumbs of hope. And it, it kind of really tied in for me with what you were talking about with 
this sort of chess game that we'll play because sometimes it, we create our own breadcrumbs of hope too. <laughs> like the yeah. other person might have no idea what's going on and we've like <laughs> invented this entire story in our heads and then it's like, wait a minute, I think I did this to myself. The other person basically almost doesn't even know that I exist, but I've like created this huge thing and like all this drama that isn't even actually real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, on the same note is that it's oftentimes we just have this image in our heads of who we want somebody to be when in actual fact they've shown us at face value from the very beginning exactly who they were. And, and it's actually, we've chosen to ignore that. And so we create all this meaning like, you know, oh, you know, it's just this was going on in his life or that was going on or this was probably really hard for him or he was doing this for that reason or she was doing that, you know, for, we make up all of these things to, to kind of close the gap between who they're showing us they are and who we want them to be in our minds. And that's one of the hardest things as well is to actually say, uh, no, you know, is any of that true? No, we don't know any of that is true. All we know is our own experience and the experience of them that they've shown to us. And that's all we can really go on at the end of the day. Yes. Well, and I have, oh my gosh, I have so many questions for you. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because there's different areas that I want <laughs> to make sure that we hit before the end of this, this episode, yeah. something that really came up and has continued to come up for me a lot, but particularly when we first started working together, I was having a huge amount of guilt and shame around feeling so stuck creatively and totally stagnant because I had just been so emotionally stunted um, this entire, like for the, the previous months and months trying to deal with everything that had happened in, in the uh, wake of, of my relationship falling apart that I felt this incredible guilt for resting and I, I felt lazy, which is not how I identify as a person and it was really difficult. You sort of reframed all of that for me instead as what you called the fertile void. And mm. I really want you to break down for people what that means, because that was a really powerful shift for me. And even when I was in it, you had to explain it to me multiple times. And when I was in it, I was still very resistant to the idea. I'm like, no, Emma, I'm being lazy and I'm not okay with this. <laughs> and yeah. then I kind of moved through it. And now looking back, I can absolutely recognize it for what it was. So I'd love to hear more from you about that. Yeah. Okay. So the fertile void is something that's, that's not my term. It was um, given to me by a yoga mentor, like, I don't know, 10 or more years ago when I was doing my very first teacher training in the, the jungle. Um, and it just resonated so, so deeply with me because it's essentially understanding that when the ground has shifted underneath us and we have no sense of up or down or forwards or backwards or light or dark or even of who we are anymore. And those of you who have been through, you know, extreme trauma or, you know, life kind of altering events will understand this. And even at the time I hadn't yet been through mine, but it really resonated. And so when that happens and we're just in a void and there's this state of groundlessness, which is, for humans, a really terrifying place to be. Where's our sense of self? Where's our sense of reality? What do we hold on to? And all we want to do is fix that. And all we want to do is hold on to something and find some meaning and 
find out what's real and what we can do to get back on our feet and to put our world right again and to put everything you know back where it belongs and the fertile void and the entire concept basically says you actually can't there's you can't until you can and there has to be well there doesn't have to be you can fight it as long as you want but when you come to this place of surrender and really just allowing yourself to not know but to also know that it's going somewhere but to not know where that is or what that looks like that's a very fertile place so in the midst of pain and grief and unknowing there's a a greater kind of bud that's been sown that's blossoming and that's just taking root and taking its time and building this entire new sense of awareness for you and you actually you can't see it that's the whole i guess to die to kind of boil it down you can't see it when you're in it you can't see it until you're out of it just like you said and so knowing that there is going to be some meaning coming out of this even if i don't know it yet and and i just need to give myself permission to not try and fix it to not try and be different to not try and feel differently just to hold and nurture myself in this space to not even assign a whole lot of meaning to it if, you know like you spoke about you're like i'm being lazy i'm not a lazy person well let's not even decide that right now like this is this is something that's nurturing you in a completely different way and the more we can allow ourselves to be in that void um you know, sometimes the quicker it passes, sometimes it takes a long time. You know, you don't know that either, but it's, it's so beautiful to look back and know that even when we had no clue what was going on or how it was going to get fixed, it was, things were moving, things were, things were coming in, things were getting cleared out, stuff was going on, even when it felt like it wasn't. And that that ultimately is bringing us to a place of more clarity and and more strength and and it's it's really powerful that when when you're in it it does feel terrifying like you said because it it just feels like you have nothing to hang on to you have nothing to grasp you're just in the the depths of such pain and everything that you once knew has been ripped apart from you ripped away from you and even though I, I could see that there would be meaning from it without having anything to ground me, it still felt like I was just floating in space. And it was, it was really, really unsettling. So it, it's just fascinating to me that, yeah, you really can't fully see it and grasp the concept of it until you're on the other side of it, which isn't very comforting when you're in it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's not. Especially as, I mean, it, you know, especially for people who are entrepreneurs or who really do their work in their world creatively, as I believe we all do in our own ways. So we're all creative in our lives, in our, through our work, in our own ways. But being able to take that time out and that step back, um, even just kind of energetically, leads to this like hugely powerful evolution of your work in the world. And it's, a, it's all a part of it. We think, oh, you know, I got to keep my work on track. Well, you know, we are our work and that's a, our identity is a huge, um, it contributes a lot to the, the way that we show up for our work in the world. So allowing yourself to like go through that void 
and go through that evolution and then figure out like, what does my work look like now? That's also a really powerful experience um, and allowing, just allowing yourself to, to have that shift and knowing that it's a part of your whole life. This, the emotional experiences are going to show up and impact and be propelled forwards in every other area of your life. And one of the things too that has come up a, a lot, um, and I, I think it's important for for everyone, even as I've like moved past that that void area and into stepping back into my creativity and and uh, my work and all of those types of things, you've really hammered down for me the importance of unstructured time, and it's especially convenient right now that I live near the ocean, but I, I very much am somebody who needs to be near water anyway. So I've sort of realized that I, I think I need to live near the ocean <laughs> for, for the rest yeah. of, of my life essentially. But <laughs> you've really encouraged me to like take some unstructured time, especially, you know, by the ocean or something like that. And just to sort of allow myself to reset a little bit, like these mini like reset moments, even if it's just for, you know, 15 minutes or 30 minutes each day, something like that. But that can look different for everyone. And it certainly doesn't have to involve being near the ocean. Like, can you walk us through sort of why some of these moments are so important and, and giving ourselves that time is so important to what that can look like for each person? Yeah, it's the importance of it. Can, I really like, I can't understate it because we, we spend so much time like understanding and intellectualizing, especially in the self-help world, we want homework, we want stuff to read, we want to stay on task, we want to know that we're healing on the correct timeline and that we've, you know, we're on the right path of that. And that uses a certain part of our brain, it uses a certain energy and attention. And in everything, what I always, always look at is, okay, where's the balance? Where's this part of our life or this strength or this Skill, where is it turned up really loud? So loud that it's drowning out the ability of the other parts of us to speak and our other strengths and our other fears and our other desires to, to speak up. So it's, I think we all do that. We all have these strengths that we use a lot in our lives. And so that's, you know, in structured time, it's important for everybody to bring that back into balance. So what I always tell people is that no matter, you know, no matter if you live in a city or you live in, in the country or you're traveling all the time is to give your brain that break. And it kind of is follows the concept of you don't know what you don't know. And the only way you can really, really listen to that voice within is to, is to be quiet, is to just stop trying to do the work and a huge, a huge thing of unstructured time too is just doing things that you get joy from. Um, people forget to just go have fun anymore, I think, and how important that is to our healing. And the second really big piece of unstructured time is moving your body. So I say to people, you know, go for a walk outside 10 minutes a day. Um, listen to your favorite song for some people meditation and quiet, super, super quiet time is really hard at first. So um, meet yourself where you are. And that means do something that is in the direction of that balance and in, in the direction of that unstructured time. So yeah, put on your favorite song or do some quiet meditation or even just 
walk and count your steps, you know, look outside, notice some things. For me, for a lot of people, and for a lot of people who maybe haven't recognized it yet, nature is like a, a huge, a huge thing because there's just so much power in nature and um, our bodies just naturally want to resonate with the, the patterns of nature. So going into the forest, going on a hike, going near the ocean, um, allowing our breath to kind of follow the waves. That's a huge, huge rest for the nervous system and rest for the part of us that is always just trying to improve on the self. Um, and so it basically just means take a break and see what comes up. And again, I think as well, when we live these really busy lives, we have so many things to do and so many things to work towards. And, and that's so great. But at the same time, there's almost nothing more empowering than just giving yourself a day when you actually don't work towards anything. And that's, that's actually really hard work, um, <laughs> ironically. But giving yourself this permission to just let all this excess energy that you're carrying around, all these to-dos, all this you know, desire for improvement and desire for healing, desire for figuring out tough situations, actually just let that go and stuff will bubble up. I kind of think of it as like the steam rising off or like kind of the chaotic energy will just come up and the thoughts will get really wild. And then you just breathe through them and you, you keep doing what you're doing and, and they fizzle off and they go away because a lot of the time they just need a release. They just need a, an outlet. So the, you know, the very, very, interesting thing and not surprising at all is that when people start to do this unstructured time every single day they they find out that they actually did know the answers all along they find out oh this situation was not really a big deal or this problem now i can see a really easy solution that the intuition and the insight then gets to rise up and be heard and the the fears get heard and then they kind of dissipate once they've been heard. And that's the most beautiful thing. I love hearing stories from people when they come back from their, from doing, doing these things and making this time for themselves. And it also, the last thing I'll say about it is that it's one of the ways that we reaffirm to ourselves that we deserve to have breaks, you know, is by taking them and allowing our bodies to reset, allowing our breath to reset on our mind and our nervous system. Um, when you start doing that level of self-care, even if it's 10 minutes a day, even if it's you know a bath at the end of the night or an intentional shower to wash off the day, five minutes of sitting on your yoga mat, cooking if that's what you love to do, um, calling, calling a friend, reading a book, watching the sunset, petting your dog, all of these things are ways that we can have unstructured time. Um, it starts to reaffirm to you that you actually deserve to feel good. And it starts to bring that balance back in, which then helps us notice things in our lives that really don't make us feel good and helps us to step away from those and back into peace, which is essentially like the stepping out of the noise. Mm, that's so beautiful. And, and a lot of this sort of ties in with, a lot of the requirements for, for unstructured time that has really helped me to work through some of the concerns that I had about coming forward with my story too. 
Um, mm. because I came to you, I, I have come to you multiple times. <laughs> it, it's been an ongoing conversation, uh, with all kinds of concerns about coming forward with my story about infidelity, because I was wondering if I wondered if it would somehow cheapen the experience or if I would be judged for levering, leveraging my painful experiences. And you sort of explained to me this concept of pimping out your pain and like the identity that we have after trauma. So I know we talk about identity at Everound Healing and stuff a little bit, but I'd love for you to explain a little bit more about like pimping out your pain and what that means, especially like when we're entrepreneurs and, and creatives and, and stuff like that. It can really, we draw so much sometimes from those things that it can play a huge role. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the pimping out your pain piece, that's that's a really, really tough one because on the one hand, sharing our stories and sharing what hurts, it shares what heals. And so it's an integral part of being a creative person, of being an entrepreneur, especially when you work in the world of, you know, of human connection. And, um, and at the same time, there can also be this sense of, you know, kind of getting stuck in the story and stuck in the pain and what's the best way to put this? So this feeling of you take on the identity of your story, you, you share something and it becomes, Oh, you're the girl, you know, that this happened to. And, and then that can start to put you in a box. But the thing that, ha the thing that we have to kind of, get over I guess is first of all that we are not responsible for how people receive us um, our responsibility is to our own story and to honoring the things that we need to share about our story in the way that it helps us heal and and also in the way that it might help other people heal you and I kind of talked a little bit about this there's you can feel it um, you can feel the energy of you know it's so it's hard, but you can feel it when people want to profit off their own pain. Um, that's got a very different energy than, than when someone, and it's not a right energy. It's not a wrong energy. There's, you know, there's no place for that in this conversation. It's just, it's a different energy. And so there's a certain level of just trust that has to happen. If you want to share your story because it's important for you and you feel it might be important for other people, um, we have to just have a, le a level of trust that, that people will receive it the way, the way that is, is true. Um, and then the, the other thing is that it can be very healing, it can be very cathartic, and it can to be acknowledged. Sometimes when we go through these big pains and traumas, we just want to be acknowledged for how hard it was. And, and that's okay. And that's an important part of healing too, is to just be, be heard and be seen and to be told, yeah, oh my God that was that was impossible what you went through and look look what you did um and again that's that's a very different energy than than pimping out the pain but it's so normal to have this fear of like well what are people going to think of me are they going to think that i'm trying to profit off of this and what i would say to that is yeah maybe like maybe they will but that's actually not that's not your concern your concern is that you stay true to your intention and your truth and what you can say about the situation that was true for you. And, and that's where the buck stops. After that, it's, it's out of your hands.
Um, well, I love that you said that too, but that we can feel it when someone wants to profit off of their pain, because I always say that, that people can smell bullshit and yeah. th there is like an energetic feeling that goes with that. And, and mm -hmm. typically we can sort of sense when somebody is just coming forward with the intentions of using their story in a way that is not only healing to them, but hopefully offers some hope to other people as well, which was yeah. my entire intention around coming forward. And, and you and I discussed my intentions at length because I wanted to make absolutely sure that I was coming forward for the right reasons. And yeah. I also didn't want to be known kind of like what you're saying. Like I, I, I didn't, I don't, I, and I still don't, I do not wish to be known as the girl who was cheated on for nine years. And mm -hmm. I was very concerned and still have some lingering concerns around that defining me. And that's not how I define myself. And that's not how I wish other people to define me too. But kind of like you said, we also have some limited control over that when it comes to other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. We have, we really have no control and the people, the people that are going to see you will see you. The people that don't want to see you, they won't. Um, and there's, there's a certain level of detachment that we have to have when, when things go out and things go public because everyone's going to take it their own way and they're going to see what they want to see. People always do. And, um, but we can't, sometimes the tricky thing is that we can use that as an excuse to not share a truth that really does want to be shared and that really could help a lot of people. Um, and that's, that's an important line to, to get curious about and to dance with and to say, okay, what, what's the thing here? What's really holding me back? Am I afraid? And so I'm saying, okay, I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid that people are going to see me that way. Well, you know, they will or they won't. The, the real people who are going to stick with you will stick with you no matter what. And they'll understand and they'll see what you're trying to do and who you really are and what you're offering to the world. And that this is, this is, this is one piece of who you are, but it's not, it's not the end of the story. And there's so, so much healing that can come out of, sh of sharing um, these experiences and just so much empowerment too for other people who are going through it and um, just need to hear a story of, of someone who's maybe just one or two steps ahead of them in the process and in the journey. The last thing is that in that sense, who are we to really say if our story can help people or not? That's again, that's not for us to say, and that's not for us to hold back. It's not, um, in a sense, it's not fair to hold that back from people if it might help them. It's, that's not our choice to say if it will or it won't. I agree. And, and that was something that I considered as well was that it was basically doing a disservice to people who needed to hear what I had to say in order yeah. to move through their own process with their own experiences. Yeah. 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 And it's tricky too, because at the same time, you really only can do it for yourself mm -hmm. because it come at it from the intention of, even from the intention of, oh, I really want to inspire people. Yeah, that's nice. But the core intention, the intention underneath that, I believe um, really does need to be one that you are doing it for your own self and for your own reasons and for your own healing. Oh, this has just been so good. I have, I have so many more questions. We might, <laughs> we might have to do another round of this eventually because I have lots more things that I feel like we could go on all day about, but 
I want to be respectful of your time. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. So where, where can we find you? And I know that you are also creating some new things that are very exciting that I would love to hear more about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm always, always, always creating some new things. So you can mostly find me on Instagram at Emma Rose Tate. Um, what I share on there is writing and poetry and daily mantras and affirmations that, you know, will help people to step out of the noise. That's something that I'm really passionate about right now. I'm also, I am working on creating a collection of meditations that people will be able to download and take with them. Um, again, with that intention of coming back to their own center, coming back to their own truth, stepping out of the noise, getting clear and, and really getting compassionate and forgiving themselves for, for all the things that we've talked about today. So that's coming. That's kind of a pet project of mine that I'm writing the creative um, ebb and flow of, and that's been really beautiful and interesting. And, and yeah, I'm always writing and I'm, I'm sharing that a lot on Instagram and sometimes it's long and sometimes it's short, but there's, there's some, some good, some good things in there, I think. And it's, it's been really fun to, to share it and to connect with people through that, that platform. So that's the best way to find me. And you can contact me through there. Um, I'm an open book. So if you ever want to chat or ask questions or connect for one-on-one -on -one work, I don't have any spots open right now, but in the next few months I will. And I can definitely speak to the power of uh, your meditations because you often do little mini meditations uh, with me on the phone, sometimes at both the beginning and the end of our call. And yeah, I always feel totally different between like just your actual coaching and then the meditations. You said to me at our last call, like I came into the call almost panicked. I had this like this crazy energy. And by the end of it, you, you noticed even from you know, thousands of miles away via virtual call, you're like, your energy is much calmer. I'm like, yes, I feel much calmer. <laughs> yeah. But we dialed it in. It was we beautiful. Did. We did. <laughs> so one final question is if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> only one piece of advice. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. Let it be easy. Oh, Go where it's easy. Yes. Just do the next, the next easy thing. The next thing that feels good, the next right move. Um, yeah. Let it be easy. That's, that would be it. I'm so glad you picked that one because that's one of the, the many things that you've said to me, but that is like the one that often stands out to me where I, mm -hmm. I continuously revisit that. And if something is feeling like particularly hard, I think to myself, no, it is allowed to be easy. Like it's, it's yeah. okay for it to be easy. Yes. And, and you can trust yourself. You do know what you need and it's often much more simple than we've been taught or than, than we would like to believe. Yes. Oh, Emma, this has just been so magical. Thank you so much for taking the time. I've loved every single minute. I always love all of our calls. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was so, man, there's just, there's so much to say. We probably, I probably went off on some tangents and I, I hope it all makes sense. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity and I hope we get to do it again soon. I love um, your show and your work in the world. It's so beautiful and pure and honest and full of just integrity and inspiration. And I'm so grateful to be connected with you. Oh my goodness. I'm actually tearing up over here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Emma. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time because it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so that I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with brand new episodes, and I am looking forward to growing with you.